Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon, and this week we are learning 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Let's go ahead and read it. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, and so this week we are studying the character of Scripture. Again, I'm trying something new. And I wanted to uh, go through the, the four different characters of Scripture that are talked about a lot and talked about in Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. So if you want to learn more about that, that he's got a great uh, uh, couple chapters in there on that. Yesterday, we talked about the authority of Scripture and the inerrancy of Scripture. How do we know that the Bible is from God? And so today we're going to talk about the clarity of Scripture. Who can understand the Bible? I think a lot of people out there think that the Bible is hard to understand. And we see that a lot in the Roman Catholic Church back in um, centuries ago and how it wasn't translated in English, but they held on to it and they thought they were the ones that were going to give the illumination to the people that they were, quote unquote, serving. And so a lot of that stigma has happened all the way through our history. And because we don't teach the Bible the way maybe we should teach it all the time, as far as the in-depth and going into the Bible and, and studying different parts in, of history and knowing what's going on, it seems kind of fuzzy. But there are some parts of the Bible that are really, really clear. And so we know that sometimes it's but we do know sometimes that it's difficult to understand. And so, for for instance, in 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16, Peter writes, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him. So Paul writes us in the epistles. As he does in all his letters when he speaks in these matters, there are some things that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. And so right there, Peter says some things are twisted by false teachers for their own gain. And we see that a lot throughout uh, the world, throughout history. Uh, if <laughs> People who say, leaders, false teachers who say they can only understand the word or, or they've got a, a, um, a revelation from God or, or a message from God for you. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're twisting those things and things are written in the Bible that are hard to understand. And so we do need pastors and men, scholars, men of God who know what they're saying. But at the same time, if we read Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, it says we should teach our own kids. Okay, here's what it says. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So Moses writes, we should be able to teach our kids. There is a level of understanding as for adults, but as well as for children. That if we're teaching our kids, our kids should be able to understand it. And if, and if kids can understand it, then how come some adults can't? <clears throat> And so we need to consider a couple things. I think a lot of the time we see a big book and we think, my goodness, someone really smart has to know what this says. 
And the Bible's not necessarily an intellectual battle. It's not this big thing where we need to have 20 years of experience trying to figure out what the Bible says. No, even some of the best scholars in the world, like I mentioned, that understand math and science and literature and history, they read the Bible and they're lost and they misunderstand what's going on. And, and that's because it's a spiritual book. It's a moral, spiritual book. And those who do not follow God cannot understand the richness and the depth of the word. For example, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul writes, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So those who are willing to understand the Bible, God will teach them and open the mind of that individual. And part of what is so great about the Holy Spirit is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is illumination of Scripture. And the Holy Spirit will reveal clarity to those who read it. We see that in John 14, 26. Jesus says, but the helper, he's telling the disciples when he leaves, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And that's really, really encouraging that the Holy Spirit that he's going to live will help illuminate scripture. So when we read it, things will start to make sense. Now, again, I said this last week, I think, or maybe two weeks ago, when we become Christians, we don't get this download of the Bible right away and, and we just know everything. It is a growing process through our sanctification. And sometimes there are Christians who misunderstand scripture and, and maybe even teach it incorrectly. But the way that we've grown as a collective church throughout the ages, throughout history, biblical scholars have created a system called hermeneutics. Say that word with me, hermeneutics, to help understand Scripture. And I'm just going to give you a list of what the laws of hermeneutics are so we can kind of understand where we're pulling from. Why have biblical scholars narrowed this down to these things so we can understand Scripture better? So, the first thing we need to consider is the literal meaning, taking scripture at face value. The next thing is authorial intent. What did the author mean to say in this scripture? The next thing is using a lexicon or studying words. What does the Greek word mean? What does the Hebrew or Aramaic word mean? We can look at the grammatical structure. We can look at the historical background. We can look at the geographical locations. We can look at the cultural context, so politics, banking, military, weddings, all these things play into scripture. We can look at the literary genre. Is this a narrative? This is talking legally. Is this talking about genealogies? Is this talking philosophically? Is this whatever it may be? And there's also different figures of speech throughout the Bible. There's also progressive revelation, what is taught early in scripture and filled out as you read throughout the Bible. There is synthetic unity, scripture interprets scripture, and then prophetic fulfillment, something near and far in prophecy. And we see that with Jesus' birth and Jesus' crucifixion. And so the actual practice of interpreting scripture also is called exegesis. You may have heard that as well. And so out throughout these methods and practices, we can come to a very clear understanding of scripture. I think many pastors spend a tremendous amount of time studying the scripture to provide a clear message of what God is trying to communicate to the church. And while 
that is happening, we, we as in maybe the lay people, the common people, <laughs> common people, that's I, most pastors, good pastors that I know will say they're just like everyone else. They all have the temptations. However, they have a, a higher responsibility. But we who also read scripture can read scripture and understand things such as the Great Commission. The Great Commission, we can clearly understand it, that the purpose of a Christian is to go and to make disciples. And so this is on us. We have methods, we have people, we have resources, we have commentaries, and we have the Bible to interpret Scripture alongside the Holy Spirit in us. And we should never be content. This is a disclaimer. We should never be content with what the pastor says on Sunday. The pastors may not have it all right. Their intent may not to be may not be to harm us. They might want to to teach and, and really try to get things out or just maybe misspoke. But some pastors may ha- not have it all right. I mean, recently I heard a pastor post something online talking about Christmas. And he made the comment, we are the reason for the season. And I understand what he was trying to get at. Like, we are the reason Jesus died for, you know, to, to spend eternity in heaven because God created us. But to say that we're the reason for the season, to me, that I, I just thought that was inaccurate. The birth of Jesus is in the holiday name, Christ, Christmas. It's, it, Christmas is 100% about Jesus. And so that's that's just a small example where I think, yeah, the pastor may have been trying to be cute with his words, but I don't think it was helpful or right. But it's a great encouragement for us to know that we can have clarity on our own. We can read the Bible. We can um, we know that. Sorry. I looked at my wrong notes here. It's, it's that we can have clarity on our own, that we can pursue uh, the methods and the people and the resources and the commentary, like I just said, to help us better understand scripture. And we can't sit there and be content with, I read something and I don't know what it is, and I'm just not going to pursue it. Ask your pastor, ask another pastor. We have the internet. We have everything. Exa- there are thousands of videos, probably better than this one, that you can go learn. Uh, about scripture on your own and you could even do a podcast like this that'd be great Um, what we need in this world is more people speaking the word of god accurately and being able to spread that message and we have the resources to do that and so the clarity of scripture who can understand the bible going back to our original question everybody don't let the fact that this is an ancient text intimidate you don't let that maybe you don't have a seminary degree intimidate you i just want my final thought here to be we have the time we have the resources even if you're busy you do have time between tv or social media or whatever it may be read the scripture meditate on it think it through what does it say because when it comes down to it, all scripture is God breed. And if we really value God and our relationship with him, we're going to hold on to the word tightly and hide it in our hearts. And we're going to want to pursue God through reading his word. And that's our calling. That's the start of our calling. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So again, I want to encourage you guys. I'm a big fan of note cards the only way we can remember, memorize stuff is through repetition. So if it's note cards or reciting it or using a dry erase marker on your mirror in the bathroom, whatever it may be, 
reciting it to someone throughout the week or every day. You can even send me a video at ideamailbag at gmail.com of you reciting it. You can send me questions or comments or ideas or anything like that. And in addition to comments on social media, if you're listening to this on a podcast or on YouTube or anything else, go ahead and like and subscribe and comment, rate and review. This helps us get the word out uh, with the social media algorithm out there. So let's go ahead and read our scripture one more time before we wrap up this podcast. And here we go. All scripture is breathed out by God. I'm going to say each line twice. Let's start again. (laughs) So that way I'm going to say each line twice so you can get involved. All scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, equipped for every good work. All right. That was a great work today. I hope this is helpful for you guys. And until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ.